Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Me and my mate Tim have got an allotment. Uh, It's one of our favourite things, actually. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of our family don't think it's favourite. And we made sure we got our allotment in a very good spot. We wanted our fruit and veg to have a good home. Uh, So we've got an allotment, which is uh, sunny most of the day. Um, It's uh, beautiful soil that we've got in our allotment. And a fantastic, absolutely fantastic compost heap. You should see our compost heap. I think it's mainly because most of our rubbish goes onto the compost heap through the week. And every now and again we put a bit of baby bio on. So it's a lovely home for our plants. We also have on our allotment a shed. Yes, I know, fellas. Uh, it's the place to be, isn't it? You see, we, we love our allotment so much that so we just want to be there. So we've got a shed. It's got all our tools in it. Uh, it's got wheelbarrows. It's where we dry our onions and potatoes out. It's, uh, it, it's even got a little gas stove so we can make a cup of tea. It's that good. We just love being there. Um, not only that, but we care for our allotment. Uh, you'll see us out there on a Saturday morning if you get up early enough. Digging away and weeding. Actually, it's Lorna who does most of the weeding, Tim's wife. Um, But we do put a lot of care into our allotment. uh, Make sure that our plants are well looked after. And so, because we put a good home in place, because we love it, because we care for it, we took a photo of our, our produce last year. Check this out. What do you mean? No, actually, you're right. This isn't actually our produce. Uh, But we did get a fair bit of stuff. Um, We expect our allotment to produce food. That's its purpose, after all. But what I want you to think about is this. Imagine that me and Tim find a great place. We put in all this love, all this care. And then it comes to harvest. And we get this absolutely disgusting just check that out do you want a bit Caroline Uh, we get rotten fruit I mean give me a bit of a hand here because for me this is what a disaster what a waste of time it's really bad Uh, We've been looking at the uh, book of Isaiah, I'm Gareth by the way, Uh, we've been looking at the book of Isaiah in our morning services uh, recently Um, and because we really want to get to grips with this book, um, what we're going to do this morning is look at a little bit we looked at last week, Um, it's another little bit from chapter 5 and um, because everybody's here and we've got mums and dads and grandmas and granddads and good friends and such like, can I suggest that you have a chat about this sometime today or sometime this week, uh, either after the service or um, when you're going to bed tonight or uh, through the week at Costa over a cup of coffee or something like that. How has God challenged you through the things that we're looking at this morning? What are you going to do about it? Have a chat with each other about those things. Now the bit we're looking at, as I say, is um, Isaiah chapter 5. Now we haven't got somebody to read the Bible this morning, we're going to watch a little bit of video, but it'd be great if you could follow it. So if you could find page 689 and uh, slot it in that little bit in front of you, um, open, so that you can keep picking it up when we get to those points. And while you're finding page 689, uh, let me tell you that by the time it gets to Isaiah 5, and Isaiah bursts out into a little song that the people will have been 
glad of a bit of welcome relief. So far in Isaiah, they've had a fair bit of telling off. Telling off that they deserved, frankly, because they've not listened to God and they've ignored him. Uh, Keep that in mind as we go on. Here's how Isaiah's song starts. You can follow in your Bibles or just listen. I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of stones and planted it with the choicest vines. He built a watchtower in it and cut out a wine press as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Hey up! Nice to see thee. I'm a vineyard owner from Israel. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking this sounds like Broadshaw, Yorkshire, but uh, Gareth can't do Israeli accent, so we're sticking with this one, so you can lump it. Anyway, I'm a a vineyard owner, and um, I I guess you know what vineyards are for. They're for growing grapes. Uh, And um, we get wine from the grapes, and we eat them and things like that. Where you have farms and allotments, in Israel, we have vineyards. Now, I don't like to boast, but actually... I'm quite good at this vineyard business. Last year, I won an award for Vineyard Owner of the Year. I've been asked to write articles for Vineyard Owners Monthly. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, and the main reason is that I've got a new project. It, it's, uh, it's brilliant. I've put, I've put my all into this project. I have sorted a new vineyard. I've been searching for ages for a place to put it. Uh, and as you can see from verse 1 of our passage, um, I found just the spot. A fertile hillside. It's south-facing. It drains beautifully. It's just the right home for my vineyard. Um, Well, um, once I'd found this little spot, I decided that it needed a little bit of work, um, so I've cared for it. Um, I've dug it. I've cleared it. Cleared it. Cleared it. I've planted on it the choicest vines, the best vines that you can ever imagine. Uh, And, well, because... I found a good spot for it and I've looked after it as well as I have. I decided I'm going to stay. So I've built myself a watchtower so I can just be with my vineyard. And um, it's been hard work. The back's been giving me a bit of jip. I've done everything I can for this vineyard. And so I got a little bit overexcited and premature. I have decided that it's going to produce some really good fruit. After all, that's the purpose of a vineyard. And so I've got me wine press already. It's ever so exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. Bad fruit? Bad fruit? Have you seen it? Did I show you this earlier? (laughs) It's terrible. I can't believe it. We call this stink fruit in the trade. What more could I have done for this this vineyard? You're going to have to give me a bit of a hand here. Fellas, what a disaster. What a waste of time. What a huge disappointment. It's really bad. It is really bad. But just in case you haven't twigged, It's not just a vineyard that Isaiah is talking about here. This song is like picture language. And we're going to find out as we go on in the song that the vineyard owner is none other than God. 
Almighty, who made everything and created everything and keeps it all going. Uh, We're going to find out that the vineyard is God's chosen people, Judah and Jerusalem. But here's a question for you. I wonder what the fruit is. Uh, You know, if it's a vineyard, you're going to get grapes by the bucket load. What sort of fruit, though, is God expecting of his people? Um, Well, I'm going to give you a bit of a clue. If we can just put verse 7 on the screen, Andy. Um, As you read through this verse, can you tell me what it is that God's looking for? What fruit is God looking for? Give me a hand. It's just comprehension, really, so you should manage. Yes. He's looking for good fruit, yes, but what particularly is he looking for? Justice. Justice and one more thing. Righteousness. Justice and righteousness. Let's highlight those. Thank you very much. Justice and righteousness. Now, big, long Bible words. Let's face it. I, just get your head around it on a Sunday morning is bad enough. So I thought what we'd do is do a cube-style simplify on these two. Uh, so cube, simplify. I couldn't find the words, but there you go. Uh, here we go. So righteousness. Well, you could say that righteousness is doing what God wants. Doing stuff God's way. Or, you could say, just loving God. Uh, Justice is about looking after other people. So you could say that is loving your neighbour. So here we've got these special people. Uh, We've got this amazing God who's really been looking after his people. And you'll see how well he looks after them if you look back in your Bible. Let's just have a little think about this. I think it's worth it. Um, So um, God decided he was going to give the people a home. Uh, They've got a land, a promised land, a good land. Um, uh, Not only that, but God promises he he wants to stay with them. He wants to have a relationship with them because he really, really loves them. So there's a relationship. Not only that, but as you read your Old Testament, you'll find that he uh, cares for them, cares for them hugely. He made them in the first place. He rescues them over and over again. And he keeps on giving to them over and over again. And as he gives them a home and loves and cares for them, uh, there's an expectation that they'll fulfill their purpose, that they will give fruit. And as we've just seen... This fruit is loving God and loving your neighbour. Loving God and loving your neighbour. You would expect, with that sort of care and love and attention, that these people would have loving God coming out of their ears. They would have bucket loads of loving their neighbour. And yet, Isaiah says... Bad fruit. Now you dwellers in Jerusalem, and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? Why indeed? I mean, they've left me only one choice, you know, this vineyard of mine. There's only one thing for it. I couldn't have done any more for my vineyard. Makes me want to weep sometimes, but I'm leaving. I'm going. I'm leaving my vineyard. I'm going to go and find a better one. Let it go to rack and ruin. Just listen to how bad it's going to get. I will tell you what I am going to do with my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated, 
and briars and thorns will grow there. I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are the garden of his delight. He looked for justice, but saw bloodshed, for righteousness, but heard cries of distress. Like night follows day, or ten comes after nine, there is only one thing this vineyard owner can do. There is only one thing that God can do. And it's going to take drastic action. Uh, So um, we read, don't we, that the wall's knocked down, the hedge is taken away, the whole place is trampled. There's no more home. Uh, we, uh, uh, We hear this people who don't want God to love them, so he says, well, I won't love you then. Uh, So he takes away the rain from the clouds. Uh, There's no more love. Uh, Not only that, but we read that there's no more pruning and uh, looking after. There's no more care. Uh, The briars grow up and the weeds grow. And as for love, God, and love your neighbour, well, all we get now is cries of distress and bloodshed. This happy song that started off happy with an amazing God caring for them, ends up a very sad song indeed. God will take away all those good things that he has given and leave. A garden without a gardener, a vineyard owner, a vineyard without an owner, a people without a God. It's very sad indeed. So we've had a a happy song, which turns into a sad one. But this, however you look at it, is a very necessary song. Two things to think about. First of all, how easy it is to be religious and yet miss a relationship with God completely. We've got this amazing contrast here between Isaiah who sings this song to the one he loves and then God's people who just don't listen and ignore God and turn their backs on his love and care. The second thing to think is this. If this is what happens to God's chosen people when they ignore God... Well, you can guarantee that other countries and people who have never listened to God in the first place are going to face the same thing. We don't like to talk about God punishing us, do we? Uh, God's judgment isn't something that comes up in everyday conversation very much. I can't imagine it comes up in the prayer time that you have at home with your mums and dads or things. God's just a God of love, isn't he? It's not very PC to talk about him punishing us. Uh, Surely Christians should just sort of keep that thing to themselves. Well, that's not true. And Isaiah's song shows us that it is very, very, very important to think about God's judgment. In fact, it is vital. Can you imagine if God didn't punish evil? That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? Now, this might seem a very strange thing to say, but if you don't take anything more away with you today, uh, then take this. God gets us to think about judgment because he truly, really, really cares. God gets us to think about judgment because he is very, very kind. He wants, warns us of judgment so that we don't get punished. That's why he's telling us about it. Uh, Let me explain. Just uh, think about these things in your head. Let me introduce you to a policeman. He's a very good policeman. Uh, Now, do you think... This good policeman is being nasty or kind when he says, if you go over the speed limit, you'll get a fine and points on your licence. 
Think about it in your heads. Uh, Here's a teacher, a good teacher, a very good teacher. Do you think a good teacher is being horrid or caring when they say, if you don't do your homework, you'll get a detention? Here's a parent, a good parent. Uh, Do you think this parent is being hateful or loving when they say, if you don't get in before 10pm, then you're grounded? Don't hit your little brother, otherwise you'll go to your room. Uh, If you keep your room tidy, then you'll keep your spending money. They tell us about stuff that doesn't sound very nice. They may tell us stuff that we don't want to do. Uh, And they often tell us about consequences that are going to come that we don't like very much either. But, and this is a huge but... They are doing it because they care hugely. God cares hugely too. He is a God who is slow to anger. He loves us. And so he warns people of judgment in just the same loving, caring way that any good father or policeman or teacher would. Isaiah 5 is a very necessary song. We need to hear it. It is God being kind to us. But just to finish... God is all about giving us happy endings and uh, his big story in the Bible does just that. You could say that this little song of Isaiah's is part of a a musical. A musical about a vineyard owner who goes on search for the perfect vineyard, the perfect vine, the real vine, the true vine if you like. And so we find when we get to the New Testament Jesus saying something absolutely amazing. In John 15 verse 1 he says this. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Jesus, God's own son, is the true vine. This is the way God always planned to end his musical. And the fruit that this vine produces, it's not like this stuff. The fruit that this vine produces is always good. And the place we see it at its best is when Jesus dies on the cross, strangely. Just think about it. When Jesus dies on the cross, he is doing God's will totally. He is loving God more there than he is at any other time well probably not more than any other time but he shows us his love of God at that spot more than any other Uh, and at that spot as he dies for other people who've turned their backs on God well he's loving his neighbour perfectly too isn't he it took me 17 years to start listening to Jesus and he had to be very sneaky in order to get me to do that he got a really good looking girl to ask me to come to church crafty beggar and when I got to church People told me about Jesus. They told me he really loved me. They told me he died for me, which I thought was lovely. But it wasn't enough. Because until they understand judgment, nothing really got done. Uh, The thing which clinched it for me, uh, the thing which made sure that, uh, uh, made me sure that I needed to do something about it, um, was sat in my bed one night reading uh, a little book that somebody had given me. It was called Journey into Life. They printed it at the front end of this on your marks thing which I've got a few copies at at the back if you want to have a little look um, it's got Mark's gospel in and just a quick explanation of what Christianity is all about and I had one of these on the side of my bed for about two months and it got coffee stains all over it interestingly the reprint actually has a coffee stain on it it's great um, uh, and there was just one little bit in this which really struck me it wasn't part of the text um, it was on the page about sin it was just put in the bottom corner and it says this has God washed his hands of us has God washed his hands of us? And I realised, sat in my bed at that moment, that actually that's exactly what God should do. He should wash his hands for me. I'd spent 17 years, 17 years not listening to him. Now, don't join in with me, but what a disaster. What a waste of time. 
What a huge disappointment. It's really bad. But, another big but, in Jesus there was hope. Uh, Jesus uh, puts it like this in John 15. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. It's actually the uh, panto beanstalk. (laughs) But it serves very well for a true vine. Uh, And uh, in Jesus, as I sat there in my bed at night, and realised what he'd done for me, realised that I didn't deserve any of it, I found a new home. A home that God had provided for me. Um, A home where I was totally and utterly loved. And I knew that because of what Jesus had done for me. He really, really, really went to great lengths to have a relationship with me, which was fantastic. Uh, Not only that, as I carried on trusting in that relationship, I recognised that God cared for me. You know, every single thing that he's asked me to do, every single thing, as I've trusted it, has been worthwhile doing. And the interesting thing is... (laughs) The, the one thing that changed in me straight away as I first became a Christian and trusted in Jesus was that I started to love people, whereas I could very, very easily have hated people before. Plugged into the true vine, who was a new purpose, a new hope. Now, if all this is true, if countries do ignore God, and if God's kind warning of judgment is real and proper and true and right then this news about Jesus, the true vine, is the best news ever, isn't it? It's where we will find a home and love and care and purpose. The true vine is the only chance for a stink fruit vineyard. Every single one of us needs to trust in Jesus. You'll find out more about him as you read your Bibles. This isn't just the only little bit where we find out about Jesus and how good he is. Um, so keep on meeting him as you read God's word. Um, maybe you want to come along to Debbie Flood and see how uh, he's affected her life. Uh, why not sign up for the Reason for God course we've got starting soon and have a really good think about it. Or just come up regularly on Sundays. It'd be great to see you back here again if you're not a, a regular. And I hope you get a great welcome from the church family here. But ultimately... Why don't you ever sit in your bed and think about it like I did? I've got some of these booklets at the back if you want to take one away. Um, Or give me a ring. You know, we don't get very much time to chat at the back, so I've put my mobile here. Is it there? Oh, there you go. Give me a ring. Uh, If you haven't got time to write it down, it's on the church magazine. That I or Joe would be very glad to carry on talking to you about these things. They are so important.